All right, let's get our meeting started. Let's go ahead and open the meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Our format for today will go daily reflections, Proverbs 18, King Solomon, and uh, uh, grapevine reading. In that respect, I'm Fernando. I'm your secretary, alcoholic. It's only by God's grace I am here, fully clothed and in my right mind. God's character has come into my soul through the AA program. I'm eternally grateful for that. I was a, a sinner, unable to drink, chugging beers down. I was able to chug two tall cans of Budweiser, one right after the other one, at 17 years old, and drink a whole pint of uh, whiskey at 17. And sometimes I re- don't say it because uh, some people say, oh, I drank a gallon and this and that, you know. And, and it, it topping each other's story. But that's not like it is right here because uh, I'm the one conducting this meeting. <laughs> so I'm here. Thank God for the courts, my attorney, and the and the. Uh, Judge that sent me to Alcock Anonymous and an abuse school. Society thought I had a problem. Thank God I had an an attorney that knew what he was doing. Thank God that I had a well-rounded attorney that knew alcoholism, that knew exactly what the alcohol entails in society. And certainly there should be, attorneys should be in the public's eye very aware of how destructive alcohol can be and what the future entails. I usually say a lot of us in AA, they're prophets. They can prophesy your future. You tell me what your attitude is, what you're hanging around with, and I'll tell you your future. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of attorneys, there, uh, and even judges, you know, have their preconceived ideas that, uh, and they send alcoholic offenders to dumb plans in other words like uh, community service without any AA uh, requirement which repeat is all over the all over the sign anyway I'm, I'm speaking of experience I had attorney on my first DUI they did not send me to AA they did not mention it they did not require me to go not even the DMV which should be up in the forefront having some guts to send the people or even have an AA program in their own big facilities there. The requirements of DUI, uh, you know, they have the facility, they have the TVs up there, and they should require the guys to go in there for 10 hours straight of AA uh, consumption education with Mozart music playing in the background. (laughs) Anyway, Fernando Alcoholic, that's my opinion, and that's all I got. And my experience, let's go ahead and start for today. Let's go ahead and say our prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Self-honesty for April the 18th. Daily Reflections. The deception of others is nearly always rooted in the deception of ourselves. When we are honest with another person, it confirms that we have been honest with ourselves and with God.
as Bill sees it, page 17. In other words, the deception of others is nearly always rooted in the deception of ourselves. When we are truly honest with another person, it confirms that we have been honest with ourselves and with God. As Bill sees it, page 17. When I was drinking, I deceived myself about reality, rewriting it to what I wanted it to be. Deceiving others is a character defect, even if it's just stretching the truth a bit or cleaning up my motives so others would think well of me. My higher power can remove this character defect, but first I have to help myself become willing to receive that help by not practicing deception. I need to remember each day that deceiving myself about myself is setting myself up for a failure or disappointment in life and in Alcoholics Anonymous. A close, honest relationship with a higher power is the only solid foundation I've found for honesty with self and with others. Again, I have to help myself become willing to receive that help by not practicing deception. I need to remember each day that deceiving myself about myself is setting myself up for failure or disappointment in life. And in Alcoholics Anonymous, a close, honest relationship with a higher power is the only solid foundation I've found for honesty with self and with others. Isn't that amazing? Fernando Alcoholic, honesty just eludes us. I really enjoy hearing when people... Uh, are right on honesty. Honesty with themselves and with their God and how they see themselves and in God's uh, spirit and consciousness of things. I found out that God comes to us when we're quiet, feet grounded and listening to nature, comes to us quickly and we're able to see, I'm able to see more grace, more His works and in productive measures. Thank you. All right, that's enough about what I think. Let's go hear what my sponsor, King Solomon, says. And now he said it. He wrote a letter 3,500 years ago, as recorded, about common sense and so many things in life that it helped me. Here goes, Proverbs 18. He who willfully separates and estranges himself from God and man in the program <clears throat> seeks his own desire and pretext to break out against all wise and sound judgment. I'm reading to you from the Amplified Bible. And he who willfully separates and estranges himself from God, from meetings and seeks his own desire and pretext to break out against all wise and sound judgments. All wise and sound judgments. A self-confident fool has no delight in understanding, but only in revealing his personal opinions and himself. Ooh, that hits you under the stomach, huh? When the wicked comes into the depth of evil, he becomes a contemptuous despiser of all that is pure and good. And with inner baseness comes outer shame and reproach. When the wicked comes into the depth of evil, 
he becomes a contemptuous despiser of all that is pure and good. And with inner baseness comes outer shame and reproach. Number four, the words of a discreet and wise man's mouth are like deep waters, plenteous and difficult to fathom. And the fountain of skillful and godly wisdom is like a gushing stream, sparkling, fresh, pure, and life-giving. Five, to respect the person of the wicked and to be partial to him so as to deprive the consistently righteous of justice is not good. Six, a self-confident fool's lips brings contention and his mouth invites a beating. Seven, A self-confident fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to himself. Eight, the words of a whisper or tailbearer are as dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost parts of the body. He who is loose and slack in his work is brother to him who is a destroyer, and he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is brother to him who commits suicide. Again, this is number nine, Proverbs. He who is loose and slack in his work, shoddy work, is brother to him who is the destroyer. And he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is brother to him who commits suicide. In other words, when I'm overeating, lazy, and not getting up and running, exercising, and knowing what heals me, absence from food, plenty of sleep, rest, fresh water, good words. Then I'm a, my cousin is a destroyer, and the other cousin is a suicide guy. And that's what happens a lot of us with alcohol and drugs. We're committing slow suicide. Number 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, runs into it and is safe. High above all evil is strong. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, runs into it and is safe, high above evil and strong. Beautiful, huh? That's a a, a 12-step meaning for me. We acknowledge God coming in. We acknowledge God in the meeting. And we acknowledge God coming out. That's why I got so much strength in being in a meeting with others. Agreeing. We are safe and become strong in the meeting. A rich man's wealth is his strong city and a high protecting wall in his own imagination and conceit. Haughtiness comes before disaster, but humility before honor. That's why getting on your knees, praising God, singing songs unto him, thanking him, A gratitude list, a gratitude list is humbleness, acknowledging the one who given us those things 
And it keeps us from arrogance, self-sufficiency, pride, ego, <clears throat> malice, hatred, humility before honor. And then honor follows humility. He who answers a matter before he hears the facts, it is <clears throat> full of folly and shame to him. In other words, they used to tell me, you know, you have an answer before the questions even asked, Fernando. 14. The strong spirit of a man sustained him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? In other words, you always got to lean in believing. I believe I'm healed. I believe I can do that. I believe God will heal me. You keep doing it. Leaning forward into believing that something good is on its way. Even if you have to sing, something good is on its way. Something good is happening. Your words will come to pass. And good has 14, 15 categories like strong resources, health, enthusiasm, adventure. In other words, if you're sick in bed, just keep saying something good is on its way. I know something good is on the way. Look it. And the spirit of goodness will come and pick you up and cast that sickness out of your body. It's our choices. That's what it's saying right here. The strong spirit of a man sustains him. Okay. Adamant. In while you're in bed, in bodily pain or trouble, even in trouble. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up our dead? Like we were doing our taxes and and the wife came up and said, oh, we're going to have to owe $1,600. I've been going back and forth. I go, well, let's just put everything down. Let's just start thanking God, thanking God. And then she called up and found out that she put an entry twice and the computer com computed it twice, of course, and produced a higher number. <laughs> so went in and fixed it. But thanking God and staying away from uh, not acknowledging God in our problems. That's the problem. Now going to the source is giving us grace, ability, strength, and getting more strength, ability, and, and, and wisdom to do and take care of ourselves. Acknowledge God, folks. 15. The mind of the prudent is ever getting knowledge, and the ear of the wise is ever seeking, inquiring for, and craving knowledge. That's a 12-step meeting, folks. The mind of the prudent is ever getting knowledge, and the ear of the wise is ever seeking, inquiring for, and craving knowledge. 16. A man gives, makes room for him, and brings him before a great man. He who states his case seems first right until his rival comes and cross-examines him. To cast lots puts an end to disputes and decides between powerful contenders. A brother offended is harder to be won over than a strong city, and their contention separates them like bards of castle. Yeah, give it up. If you offend somebody, just stop trying to get their friendship it ain't, or her. It ain't going to work for him. You offended someone, it's harder to win like a <clears throat> taking over a strong city and their fortifications. Their contentions, their fortifications separate them like bars of a castle. So keep, 
A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequences of his words he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequences of his words he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. In other words, if you keep saying, it's gonna, it kills me, it kills me, I love him to death, that's exactly what you're going to get. You're, we're going to get those. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Something good is about to happen. Something good is on its way. When God's people humble themselves, there's a song by the Spears that proclaims the future. Something good is about to happen. And we sing it and sing it to your own tune and make it come to pass and call on good to come. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequences of his words, he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. In other words, uh, scientists have proven this true with plants. You speak life to plants, they stay lively. You speak death to plants, they die. I mean, hello? Anybody home? He who finds a true wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Hallelujah. He who finds a true spouse finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So we have good things. The poor man uses entreaties, but the rich answer roughly. 24. The man of many friends, a friend of all the world, will prove himself a bad friend. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A man of many friends, a friend of all the world, will prove himself a bad friend. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So we should, I guess it's saying we should have four or five, six sponsees at one time. Try to have 12 of them. You prove to be yourself a bad sponsor. You know, friendships. I always, always get, how many sponsors you got? And I say, well, I don't know. I got some of them I have never met. They got three years on Zoom, one of them. And uh, don't forget the uh, the people that amaze me, that I worked with for six times, and I didn't think they were going to stay sober. And I meet them three years later, and they say, Fernando, I'm still sober. And wow, it credited to God and credited to the program and credited to, to the words in the program that are being amplified by us. What a, what a wonderful thing, huh? All right, moving on, please. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Let's go ahead and read today's grapevine coming from November 2019. We are on page 52. It's this story... Is spiritual awakening called Free to Explore. 
A lifelong spiritual seeker gets over and continues his reach for a higher power. A lifelong spiritual seeker continues his search for a higher power. This story is coming to us from John M. from Laguna Niguel, California. Thank you, John. One of the most freedoms I have found in AA has been the freedom to have my own higher power. Prior to AA, while still in the depths of my disease, I was introduced to a sect of Buddhism. One of the reasons I was drawn to it is that it seemed to work for me. After trying Buddhism, I found I had some prayers answered. I then pursued it with great interest. It awakened me in some long dormant sense of spirituality. The Buddhists were very kind to me and they allowed me to find my own path. At that time of my introduction to Buddhism, I was nearing the end of my drinking career, meaning I was pretty much unemployable. I was too unreliable to hold down a job, and I always had a serious case of bottle flu on Mondays, as well as the need to leave early on on any payday Friday. I was looking for answers to the question, why was my life such a mess? I had tried the religion of my youth, but found that unsatisfactory for some reason. The people in the Buddhism I was involved with were very patient with me and told me I could pray for anything I wanted. I think I remember praying for a lot of more booze. (laughs) As my life continued its serious downward spiral, I found myself getting food out out of the dumpster at supermarkets. I would make my rounds of the dumpsters during evenings or late nights. One evening, as I approached one of my usual dumpsters, I found a homeless woman there ahead of me. I patiently waited for her to finish before I scavenged for my dinner. Buddhism is very introspective. Just like AA, and as the lady rummaged in the dumpster, I experienced a moment of clarity. I saw myself, maybe for the first time, and what I had become. I saw myself waiting in line to get into a dumpster. Was this the best I could do? It was an out-of-body experience. I returned home shaken and confused. I had been bragging to my friends how great my religion was, how I could pray for anything. Then someone asked, if it's so wonderful, how come you don't never pray for to get sober? The simple question kick-started a process for me. Some months later, I said my version of a pre-newcomer prayer. Please help me. I don't want to live this way any longer, and I am willing to do anything. Had I known what do anything would mean for me, I might have hesitated. That prayer got answered in relatively short order, and I found myself in a detox before I actually understood what a detox was. There, I was introduced to AA and the steps. People told me I needed a higher power. Buddhism had brought me this far. I figured so. Why switch? My process was slow and steady. I continued AA and Buddhism for about 15 years until I felt the need to leave organized religion. I felt like a newcomer. I said the serenity prayer in the morning. I continued to be active in AA and started to work in a new career. I fell in love with the mountains and took up backpacking. Then one summer, I read Varieties of Religious Experiences by William James and went on a solo backpacking trip. It was during that trip alone in the high Sierras that I found my higher power. Had I not read the Williams James book, I might have thought I had a psychotic episode up in the high altitude. 
but my experience fell generally in line with what others had experienced. So I concluded it was a valid human experience, and I discussed it with my sponsor. Since that time, I have enjoyed the freedom to explore many different religions, cultures, and philosophies. I have had the opportunity to visit other countries and experience AA there. Once in a while, I was in India at a meeting. Once while I was in a, in a meeting in India, we were saying the serenity prayer in a Christian church in a Hindu country, as the Muslim called to prayer waffle, wafted through the window. Now that's freedom and diversity. My understanding and relationship with my higher power continue to grow and change as I stay sober and grow and change myself. Looking at it now, my spiritual journey in AA had been one of the most interesting and unexpected experiences of my life. Had AA been too restrictive in its interpretation of a higher power, I think I would have never been able to stay sober. I'm so grateful to Alcoholic Anonymous and my agnostic sponsor, Forrest, who helped me find a good orderly direction. John Ann from Laguna Niguel, California. That's one book I hope to read. The James, <clears throat> William, William James book, The Varieties of Religious. I always, I had it before, and the text looked way too big for this kid. Just like <clears throat> the AA book looks so big to a lot of newcomers. But I tell them it's, it's a bunch of stories, about 52 stories. You know, it has an introduction, uh, <clears throat> the doctor's opinion, all the introductions, but... And then there's uh, Dr. Bob's Nightmare. But other than that, it's, it's a book full of stories, except for the first 164, which is also in story form and examples and illustrations. All right. Our next story comes to us from Santa Rosa, California, by Bill K. Thank you very much, Bill, for writing this story. Getting it in pen and paper. Pen and paper. Amen. Sending it in. This one's called Pass the Gravy. The third 11 steps are absolutely essential in my life. And to ensure that I am reminded of their importance, I begin my week with an 11-step AA meeting on Sunday and end my week with a third-step meeting on Saturday. Put it in another way, I look to the third step as my insurance policy against taking a drink as with any insurance policy, I must make sure my premiums are always paid in full. I pay my premiums by practicing Step 11. I have almost three decades of sobriety and my higher power has never let me down. Let me give you my, the latest example that just happened during Thanksgiving weekend. It was early Saturday morning and I was walking my dog. The exercise is good for both of us and it is a great time for me to practicing praying and walking meditation. My prayers are always began with gratitude, but on this day, my thinking kept veering off to a positive conflict that might happen at dinner time. My nephew and his family had come to visit us for Thanksgiving. They brought three little girls, ages three, five, and six. My wife and I enjoyed them immediately. Their family is very religious. The little girls take turns saying a mealtime prayer, even the three-year-old. This is something that they do, and we go along with it. We had invited another relative and his family to dinner for that night. They had a three boys, ages 9, 11, and 13. They are a family of atheists. 
I heard them in the past make derogatory remarks about religion. I couldn't help thinking that a nasty scene might unfold or explode around the table. So in this on this morning walk, I needed to have a little talk with my higher power about this. Please give me the right words, I pleaded, so I can prevent chaos from happening. Then I practiced make-believe dialogue with certain family members, imagining that I would do if he said this or if she said that. But then I realized that was all wrong. In my prayer, I said, I'm turning all this over to you, God. I know you have my back, and I know you will give me the right words to help me, to help bring about calm. Having turned it over to God, I found myself minutes later rehashing the dialogue over and over again. I prayed, God, I trust that you'll take care of this. This situation is repeated several more times. Then, but finally, I began to really feel that I had given my dilemma over to my higher power for the rest of the day. The anxiety didn't return, and I was at peace finally with it. Then came dinner time. The families were all gathered around the table. Everyone had their plate of food. I began praying silently. Okay, God, I may be needing your help soon. Please give me confidence. Help me to say kind and effective words, please. All of a sudden, my wife piped up. Is everyone thankful for all our food? In unison, everyone at the table yelled out in enthusiastic, yes, and we ate. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I whispered to my higher power with a big smile on my face. Pass the gravy, please. Huh. Okay. Where's the booze in the story? Okay, here we go. Okay, the next story is called, uh, and our last story for today is Barb W. from Wheatland, Michigan. And this one is on sponsorship. It was August 2010. The story is called Here All Along. Here All Along. I pulled my car in 2010, it was August, into the parking lot. I was scared, confused, and panicked. My heart was racing. I saw people talking and laughing. I parked my car in the back and waited, trying to decide if I were going in or not, or if this was even the right place to be. Why did everyone look so happy? Eventually, I mustered up enough courage to get out of the car and walk through the parking lot, but with my head down. Taking the stairs down to the meeting room seemed like an eternity. When I stepped in, I found myself among a loud and bustling crowd. I wanted to leave. Then a man with a big smile called out on me. Hi, come on in, he said. We've been waiting for you. You're in the right place. He must have seen the look of terror in my face. He told me to take a seat at the back table where some ladies with plenty of sobriety were seated. I walked slowly to the table and sat, wondering if I could somehow leave without anyone noticing. Then I heard a loud banging on a table. I thought I was going to jump right on my skin. <laughs> the same man who had welcomed me was starting the meeting with a prayer. I, I liked that. Soon he asked if anyone knew was in the room. Oh, no, I thought. Please don't look my way. His eyes met mine quickly, but he let, off, let me off the hook when he saw I was in no shape to talk. I didn't understand much at the first meeting or what was said at the table where I sat. I just listened with my head down. When it came to my turn, I could only say my name. I could not even add the words, I am an alcoholic. I cried throughout the meeting and for many meetings after that. 
When the meeting was over, I scurried out as fast as I could. When I got out in the parking lot, still whimpering in pain, some women named Linda walked up to me and asked if I was crying. No, I said with tears streaming down my face. I was afraid she would ask me why I was crying, which is exactly what she did. I told her that I didn't understand what anyone was talking about in the meeting. She told me that it takes time and not to worry about that. Just don't drink. Today, she asked if I had a sponsor. I really didn't know what that was, so I was pretty sure I didn't have one. She said that was okay. And again, just don't drink today. She wrote down her phone number and said for me to call her that evening, but not to call her if I were drunk. Okay, I thought I could make it until the night and call the lady. Maybe she could tell me how to fix myself. Later, when I called her, she said, I did good by calling. I didn't say much as she did impress me. She asked me to meet her again at the meeting of the following day. I hung up the feeling proud of myself for not drinking. I wanted her to be proud of me. It wasn't hard to walk those stairs the next day because I knew someone was waiting for me. I will be forever grateful she was there that day when I walked to the table of confusion. As I thought of it, she stood up and asked me to sit by her. She smiled. She was happy to see me. I felt a a glimmer of hope. I was in the right place. As the weeks unfolded, I sat next to her at every meeting that she told me to go to, hoping that her wisdom would rub off on me. I called her when she asked me to. I read everything she suggested. I asked her a thousand questions about A, why this, what do they mean by that, how do I know when I'm ready, and who are Bill and Bob. I must have driven her crazy, but she always answered she was kind, and she introduced me to other kinds and wise people. After a month or so of of me, she, the lost lamb, asking all those questions in the same parking lot where I started, she asked if I had been looking for a sponsor. I'm not looking, I answered. I found one, and then I added, it's you. I'm not sure that she needed another sponsee, but she graciously gave me a hug and said, okay, that woman helped save my life and the lives of my children. Today, I'm a better person and mother because of her. I hope to pass this on just as she did. Barbara W. from Westland, Michigan. Thank you very much for sending that article in. Appreciate, appreciate. Amen. Two beers. Music to the beer. Two drunks in a bar were complaining about the new piano player's expertise. One drunk muttered, Gee, sounds like he's got Van Gogh eared for music. Does he be? I don't get it. (laughs) That's okay. The other one, I'm reading from At Wit's End, Tough Love. Three drunks were sitting in a bar bragging about how they had trained their wives. The first drunk married a woman from Idaho. He said he told her that she was to do the dishes and the house cleaning. It took a couple of days, but on the third day, he came home to see a clean house and all the dishes washed and put away. The second drunk said, he could beat that. He said he was, he was married to a woman from Virginia. He gave his wife orders that she t- was to do all the cleaning, the dishes, and the cooking. The first day, he didn't see any results, but the next day, things were better. By the third day, the house was clean, the dishes were done, and there was a huge dinner on the table. 
The third drunk married a woman from New York. He said he ordered her to keep the house clean, dishes, wash lawn, wash, lawn mowed, laundry washed, and hot meals on the table for every meal. He said the first day he didn't see anything. The second day he didn't see anything. But by the third day, some of the swelling had gone down and he could see a little out of his left eye. By the fourth day, he was able to fix himself a sandwich and load the dishwasher. Bob M. from Green Valley, Arizona. Okay, thank you. Let's go ahead and pray out with the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our daily trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working.